0: Hensick was thrown out of the uh, face-off circle because Desch went over to shout instructions to Kalorick. Thank you for listening to WCBN-FM Ann Arbor. If you'd like to contact the sports department, please email us at sports at wcbn.org or call the station at 734-763-3500. Pass comes forward. Here's Hensick. Now to Kalorick. He's behind the defense. He's in. Shot down. And score! Chad Kalorick out of the penalty box gives the Wolverines a 4-0 lead. Let's get it started. Let's get it started Let's get it started. Let's get it started Well, uh, good evening, and welcome to another edition of Gray Matters, the weekly news and media talk show. My name is Dick Whaley, and Jim is uh, off this week. You our know, public schools are... Uh, Having a little spring break. Well, I guess it's Easter break, technically. So he's undoubtedly doing something enjoyable, if not productive, with his family. Because his uh, charming daughters are uh, probably off from school all week. And, of course, you can hear the Dwyer family do uh, Freeform Radio down here on uh, WCBN-FM Ann Arbor on uh, Saturday afternoons. Sandwiched in between the blues show and the reggae show. Jerry Mack, Brian Tomzik, longtime CBN DJs. Robot pasta, 5 p.m. on Saturday afternoons. Well, anyway, a little out of breath. I had some vehicle problems and had to hightail it up here on foot. Uh, Real quickly, uh, the Red Wings are in the playoffs, and they're the number one team in the West, and it should be quite interesting to see if, uh, just make a brief comment about this. This is actually more of uh, Jim's uh, expertise than mine, but over the years I've become a big Red Wings fan, mainly because I admire the sportsmanship and the class of the organization. It's interesting that the Red Wings, I think, were the least penalized team in uh, the NHL this year. And, of course, they uh, feature uh, puck control. And unlike the uh, days when the Russian Five were around, it's more of a defensive-oriented team, and obviously they're going to need uh, uh, a big effort from Dominic Hoschuk. Unfortunately, a couple of uh, questionable... Uh, Some injury situations could cloud the Red Wings' offense. I think that it's shown that Bertuzzi and Calder were superb late-season acquisitions by the Red Wings. But when a player of uh, Henrik Zetterberg's caliber takes uh, about a month off from a back injury, you just never know how he's ultimately going to perform in the uh, playoffs. And I think there's also some pressure on Pavel Dadzuk. He uh, just signed a seven-year contract extension for big uh, buckaroos, and while he is a uh, a very talented player with a lot of skill, with the stick and all that, uh, he's not performed well in the playoffs in the past, and the uh, liberal uh, penalty calling that takes place in the playoffs, i.e. they allow a lot more uh, physical play to go unpenalized, um, I think there's a little bit of pressure on him this year. Also, it's a little unclear exactly what's up with Bertuzzi, but I'm sure we'll see him eventually. In any event, uh, that should be interesting. The uh, Western Conference is stacked with talent, and obviously the new uh, Pittsburgh Penguins are sort of the uh, media uh, darlings of the NHL with their young talent, so it should be very interesting to see what happens. I think for the Wings is a veteran team to to get anywhere near the Stanley Cup Final, they're going to have to kind of dispatch Calgary pretty quickly. I think they really need to win it in five. A long, drawn-out uh, first-round series against Calgary could uh, prove to be uh, very damaging for their chances. So I we'll, uh, wish the Wings well and check them out on Thursday night. Well, I'm not going to talk too much about the Don Imus controversy. Uh, I think that this uh story unfortunately for him is not going to go away anytime soon. I don't know if he's ultimately going to be fired, but uh I guess it's sort of a uh, a joke that uh <laughs> honors both him and uh, the protesters. I'll just say hey ho, Imus has got to go. <laughs> uh we'll see what happens. Um obviously offensive uh, comments uh, both racially and sexually charged, uh, which just goes to show you, uh, you can joke around about some things, but uh, stay away from those uh, that type of humor. Um, I sort of disagree with some of his supporters. I think it's fairly clear that Imus does have a, uh, a sort of a long tradition of uh, racially insensitive remarks uh, that are in questionable taste, I don't really know much about i never i've never actually heard the radio show I've, i think i've seen him a couple of times on television uh early in the morning if as i'm sort of ending my cab driving shift and winding down before hitting the hay um he is uh certainly uh an opinionated man but uh certainly when it it comes to these sports related uh racially insensitive remarks that have been made in the past, uh, people have uh, ultimately been fired. So we'll just have to wait and see what happens. So we'll just give him a brain damage award for uh, not thinking very clearly. Uh, If only he can blame it on uh, the lack of caffeine at that early hour. But uh, I don't think that that's uh, ultimately going to wash as an excuse. But in more relevant, and it's, you know, it's typical of the American media. They're more interested in this subject than some of the more uh, relevant political uh, developments that have been occurring. It's interesting, by the way, I'm going to talk a little bit about uh, Turkey, Pakistan, and Iran tonight. Um, uh, But first, we'll uh, give out a brain damage award to our venerable Vice President Dick Cheney. Um, Speaking of boneheads... Uh, in the media, he apparently appeared uh, this past week with uh, Rush Limbaugh on his radio show and once again made some ludicrous assertion about the connections between uh, Saddam Hussein and Al-Qaeda. Uh, this despite the fact that the uh, national security uh, intelligence agencies released a uh, yet another uh, report showing that this... Uh, connection never existed. Remember it was Dick Cheney that kept pushing the uh Al Qaeda connection on television. Um he appeared several times on Meet the Press where he claimed uh as he put it that there was a connection between Mohammed Atta and uh the 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 so called Czechoslovakian Prague intelligence issue. Um He's misstated those facts repeatedly uh, publicly on the uh, uh, run-up to the war, and uh, even now he's continuing to assert, uh, bizarrely, that there was some sort of connection. Zarqawi uh, supposedly was in Iraq um, after being wounded or, or whatever, uh, sometime uh, in the early part of this decade, but uh, he was in part of Iraq that was not controlled by Saddam Hussein, and um, once again, the uh, mistake that's being made here is that Saddam Hussein, while certainly a brutal dictator, and of course, this is the fourth anniversary of the infamous uh, pulling down of the statue uh, in Baghdad, marking, for all intents and purposes, the four-year anniversary of uh, the. Uh, Downfall of the Iraqi regime. Um, it is ridiculous to continue uh, making this claim. Saddam Hussein is a secular, bath, uh, bathist. Uh, in fact, uh, Os- Osama bin Laden viewed um, Saddam Hussein as uh, nearly as bad as a uh, Western. Christian, uh, he, Saddam Hussein was essentially viewed as an apostate by uh, Osama bin Laden. So there simply was no connection whatsoever at any time between Saddam Hussein and al-Qaeda. And it's amazing how the repeated lies of the Bush administration and the run-up to the war convinced an alarmingly large percentage of the American public that there was such a connection. And Dick Cheney, of course, uh, contributed to that uh, Uh, misperception, misconception, deception. Um, I've just finished this book, Anatomy of Deceit, uh, How the Bush Administration Used the Media to Sell the Iraq War and How to Spy. I only mention this book because it's uh, written by a local um, blogger named Marcy Wheeler, who is a business consultant here in Ann Arbor, and uh, it's published by Vaster Books uh, a, a, uh, a publishing house out of, uh, Berkeley, California that specializes sort of in, uh, left of center, um, publications. So check out their, uh, catalog at some point. Uh, this is a, oh, a, a pretty nice little read, you know, it's a kind of thing you can read in a couple of days. And it mainly, uh, talks about two, th- two main issues, the, uh, Uh, lies and deceptions that were used to uh, start the Iraq War, and then it focuses uh, on the uh, Valerie Plame case. And, of course, Dick Cheney emerges as one of the uh, chief uh, villains who um, does all sorts of uh, strange things. I mean, just in the chronology, for instance, of uh, of the timeline, it's fascinating to learn... Um, early on, right before the war was starting, um, that Dick Cheney appeared on Meet the Press and asserted, uh, to the contrary, uh, regarding actual intelligence that had debunked uh, both the mobile uh, biological labs uh, business as well as the uh, uranium tube or aluminum tubes, uh, Dick Cheney on the 16th of March claimed, quote, we believe Saddam has, in fact, reconstituted nuclear weapons. Uh, the next day, George Bush issued the ultimatum for Saddam Hussein to leave, and, of course, the war started uh, two days later on the 19th of March. Interestingly, on the 25th of March, George Bush issued a um, an executive order that gave the vice president the power to declassify information. This act uh, provides the legal justification for later claims that Cheney authorized the leak of the National Intelligence Estimate, which is what he did. And, of course, what's fascinating is it turns out that Scooter Libby's um, problems regarding perjury were connected to the fact that uh, Dick Cheney had discussed with, specifically with... uh, Uh, Scooter Libby, his uh, national security advisor or aide, whatever you want to call him, um, issues related to Valerie Plame and that the um, vice president's office essentially orchestrated the smear campaign against Joe Wilson that essentially began uh, in May of 2003, um, mainly because it originally started out um, as a Nicholas Kristof column in the New York Times, describing um, the sort of vaguely describing, because Joe Wilson was not specifically named, um, the the facts surrounding the uh, so-called yellow cake uh, debate as it related to Niger, and uh, Dick Cheney clearly organized a, a sort of an in-house uh, internal investigation of uh, Joe Wilson, and uh, eventually even uh, utilized the State Department, um, which he did two weeks later. The chronology in uh, this book suggests that uh, Dick Cheney's office seeks information on Joe Wilson from the State Department on the 29th of of, uh, May, 2003. And, of course, needless to say, it's also interesting that both Dick Cheney and uh, Scooter Libby who uh, originally were both signees of the project for the New American Century, uh, as uh, art uh, document uh, back in 1998, January 26th of 1998, uh, regarding uh, the fact that America's official policy should be regime change uh, with respect to Iraq, both Dick Cheney and Scooter Libby um, visited. The CIA no fewer than twelve times uh, putting pressure on analysts and uh, intelligence experts to uh, find some sort of connection uh, between both Saddam Hussein and weapons of mass destruction and Saddam Hussein and Al Qaeda. Uh, therefore, Dick Cheney gets another brain damage award. This guy is a essentially a. Serial liar, he continues to mislead uh, the public at large about his role in d- deceiving the American public about the uh, details uh, regarding Saddam Hussein. Regime change was uh, at the b- at the top of the Bush administration's uh, agenda upon taking office in January of 2001, as we've learned from uh, Ron Suskind's. Uh, Uh, various books, as well as Paul O'Neill's memoirs that were actually uh, co-written with Ron Suskind. So uh, Dick Cheney uh, continues to lie to the American people. We'll also just give him a brain damage award for denouncing Nancy Pelosi's visit visit to Syria, characterizing it as, quote, bad behavior. Um, I I don't know what's bad about her behavior. Um, In fact, uh, Syria is one of the victims of the Iraq war, And while there's no doubt the Syrian-Iraqi border is porous, and I'm sure that armaments and uh, um, insurgents are uh, crossing the border from uh, time to time, uh, Syria has uh, actually been a victim in this war. Uh, They are dealing with the fact that there are well over half a million Iraqi refugees living in Syria. The United States government, um, quite frankly, uh, was responsible for closing down the Iraqi-Syrian border when they decided to invade Iraq. Uh, this was not part of their uh, plan A. And, of course, uh, we, we are learning from all the books that the Bush administration never had a plan B. They just believed in the rosy case scenarios. And as Thomas Ricks uh, put it so well, they worst-cased all of the issues uh, leading up to the war regarding Saddam and, weapons of mass destruction, and um, al-Qaeda, ignoring all of the contrary evidence, and they best-case scenarioed and game-played uh, the occupation of Iraq, which, of course, has turned into a disaster. Uh, once again, let's uh, give out John McCain a brain damage award. He's uh, apparently written a, a Washington Post uh, editorial recently claiming that progress is being made and uh, that uh, the media is not reporting on the good the good news out of Iraq, uh, whatever it may be, uh, there simply is no evidence to support this assertion. For instance, uh, just in today's uh, New York Times uh, front-page story about the uh, problems uh, with the... uh, And I've got the article in front of me, but not the author, because I lost the first part of it. But anyway, uh, in today's New York Times... um, I think this is a, uh, let's see, it says uh, reporting was contributed by Kurt Semple, uh, Hasham Hussein, and Khalid N. Ansari of Baghdad, and Andrew Levin and Archie Tsai of the New York Times. They detail the uh, fatalities that have been occurring. Um, they have a little map of uh, Iraq showing that in the seven weeks before the surge uh, began officially, uh, that and this is just American deaths. Uh, there were a total of 113 hostile deaths um, in the seven weeks before the surge uh, began. In the seven weeks since the surge began, there have been 116 hostile deaths. They write January and February were particularly bad months for car bomb deaths. Nearly a hundred, um, let's see, 1,100 were killed in February alone. Which, of course, you know, half of that's the surge. The number dropped to 783 in March, still high compared with months earlier in the war, according to an American military official. But the overall number of bombings has actually increased. There were 108 car bombs that either detonated or were disarmed in March, a record for the war. Where on earth is the progress uh, regarding the surge? And it's been pointed out that only half of the American troops involved in the surge are actually there. Of course, today, the uh, Pentagon and the Bush administration uh, announced that uh, National Guard units from several states, I believe they were Indiana, Oklahoma, Ohio, and somewhere else, um are going back to Iraq in uh, violation of National Guard regulations regarding uh, time off. They they were have been deployed before, and are now uh, about to go back. They're they're going to go back uh, sometime over the next uh, within the next year, apparently. Uh, The article, of course, specifically talks about the problems in Baghdad, and they uh, note that, of course, there are some neighborhoods that uh, have seen some calm, but uh, the military experts point out, look, the uh, insurgents have just simply uh, vanished from these uh, areas and are regrouping for another day. Uh, These authors write the uh, situation in Baghdad has put Americans in the middle of sectarian battlegrounds and their death rate in the city has nearly doubled since the surge started. The number of Americans killed in combat or other violence rose to 53 in Baghdad in the first seven weeks of the surge. That's up from 29 in the seven weeks before then. Okay, so what planet is John McCain living on? Well, he's living on the planet of Dick Cheney and George Bush. Uh, It's important to remember, by the way, that... uh, I don't believe that Nancy Pelosi, when she went to Syria, was accompanied by what essentially amounted to a mini-brigade giving her protection. John McCain apparently had uh, not only something like 100 troops surrounding him at all times, but they even had uh, helicopters overhead. Very strange that he can assert that there's been progress as a result of the surge. But uh, we'll uh, let John McCain's uh, doomed presidential nomination um, fall with the the problems w- with those assertions. Over the weekend, this is a Reuters item from Turkey. I wanted to read this because uh, American media was probably not uh, too focused on this. And this is just a... Uh, A newswire item, but it says thousands of Turkish troops backed by helicopters carried out operations against Kurdish guerrillas in southeast Turkey over the weekend. Ten members of the Turkish security forces and seven rebels died in the fighting. Military uh, officials said three other soldiers were killed while nine were wounded. And of course, it quotes a military spokesman from Sunday, the intensity of the clashes gradually increased today. Thousands of troops are being deployed in operations that are widening across the region. Well, that's a nice vague uh, assertion across the region, because uh, we've certainly we certainly know what Turkey's uh, the Turkish government's interest is. In Iraq really is. They certainly don't want to see the establishment of a Kurdistan, which, of course, is uh, the plan of some people to partition Iraq. Um, this, of course, may be uh, where it all ends up, but who knows? Then, of course, Iran is back in the news. Um, Got to love all those gray suits that the British uh, naval people were were wearing when they were released as a gift by the uh, Iranian president, Amani, uh, Amani Dinejad. He uh, is one of these other clown idiots that unfortunately beleaguers our public. Uh, Why he would go on television today and brag about so-called industrial capability regarding nuclear uh, uranium escapes me. By the way, it's very important to make a distinction between enriched uranium, which is what he was talking about, and highly enriched uranium, which is necessary for a nuclear weapon. Um, I guess we'll obviously talk about this further in uh, upcoming shows because uh, this is obviously a uh, thing that's not going to go away. There's all sorts of uh, leaked information that the Bush administration is planning uh, surgical airstrikes against Iran uh, sometime in the near future. Uh, So we'll certainly talk about that, but uh, we'll, we'll give him a brain damage award for, I don't know, inflaming the situation. Uh, where this is all going, uh, one can only wonder, but remember that there is an important difference between enriched uranium, which is uh, basically relates to the claims that he was making today, and highly enriched uranium, which is necessary for a nuclear weapon. Well, one other quick item, uh, and this is just an example of misleading uh, the public, uh, courtesy once again of the Bush administration, uh, over the weekend, and of course the jobs report was released Friday um, in the morning. Good Friday was uh, was was upon us, and the markets were closed that day. And uh, the government comes out and makes a uh, stunning announcement that um, 180,000 jobs were created in March, according to the government. Uh, When you look at the details of the report, um, it's kind of interesting. Um, They claim that, uh, well, real estate and renting, leasing services cut 5,200 jobs. Telecommunications cut 6,200 jobs. Manufacturing eliminated 16,000 jobs. But then there's this bizarre claim. But construction, which has been hit by a slowdown in residential and real estate, added 56,000 jobs. After cutting 67,000 jobs the month before, of these new jobs, 52, or excuse me, 45,200 were in the specialty trade contractor business, whatever the heck that is, and most of those, uh, 3,400, 34,000, were in non-residential contracting. Now, where is this information coming from? Uh, One has got to wonder, because just the day before, a consulting group has a, has a big splashy headlines about all the jobs cuts that are in the housing industry they they report the housing industry job cuts in the housing industry jumped in the first quarter that's january february march and almost matched the number of cuts in all of 2006 an outplacement consultancy said on wednesday Challenger Gray and Chris, uh, Christmas Incorporated reported that job cuts in housing, including real estate construction and mortgage lending, soared 346% to 21,245 in the first quarter, compared with um, 4,764 job cuts at the, in the same quarter last year. So where we have a obviously a slowdown in the housing industry, and we have a presumably reputable organization reporting substantial job cuts in uh, the housing sector, where on earth does the federal government come up with this 56,000 job increase? Uh, One can only conclude that it must be in Iraq. Uh, Perhaps the contractors over there, and there's something like 126,000 uh, so-called, uh, you know, private contractors working in Iraq in support of the uh, uh, the uh, Bush administration's uh, so-called rebuilding of Iraq. It's the only place these jobs can be uh, have have been created. Um, they're not being created in America. They're being created in Iraq by private contractors. That's what's fishy. Of course, in the data, some economists, and I'm quoting here from Jeremy Peters' article on uh, Saturday, the 7th of April, reports um, some economists pointed to possible anomalies in the data and suggested that the job numbers might not be as strong as they look. One factor that raised some eyebrows was the strength in the retail sector, which is almost exclusively in general merchandise stores. Quote, that kind of sticks out like a sore thumb, said Richard Moody, a chief economist of Mission Residential, a real estate investment firm. It's hard to explain a jump that large in one month, and in terms of sustainable job growth, it doesn't really fit the bill. Um, This, by the way, was one of the other big areas of so-called job increases. Retail businesses added uh, 36,000 jobs, almost all of those in department stores, discount warehouses, and other general merchant outlets, according to the report. Dean Baker, uh, who once ran for Congress here in the Ann Arbor area, is quoted as saying, Employment in the residential construction is down by only 3% over the last year, even though construction is down almost 20%, said Dean Baker of the Center for Economic and Policy Research. Quote, either productivity in the sector is crashing, or more likely, the data are not reflecting real employment trends. Well, I tend to believe the latter, and I tend to believe that this job report um, that uh, appeared on Good Friday Uh, courtesy of the Department of Labor, has a lot of very inaccurate information in it. So count me as a skeptic. Um, There you have it. And obviously we will uh, monitor uh, future job uh, reports by the Bush administration. Now, uh, we're just about out of time here on Gray Matters, um, so we'd like to thank Yelchin for uh, engineering this evening. Um, he's telling me to keep talking, um, so that means uh, Yazoo City Calling will be coming up shortly uh, here on WCBN-FM and Arbor. There's a really good article, by the way, in the um, April 16th edition of The Nation magazine about Pakistan, and I would urge uh, listeners to check this article out by Graham Usher, who is a, a writer and journalist based in Islamabad, and is the author of Dispatches from Palestine, The Rise and Fall of the Oslo Peace Process. He talks a little bit about this sort of simmering uh, Musharraf problem. Musharraf, of course, sacked a, uh, a, a, the, the chief justice, I believe is technically what he is. Uh, yeah, chief justice uh, several weeks ago back on the 9th of March. And there have been street protests in uh, Pakistan over the past month. Um, that have not gotten all that much attention here in the United States by the media. I always say that focus more on Pakistan and less on Syria. Uh, but, of course, uh, the Bush administration has their favorite dictators. And, of course, Musharraf is, uh, needless to say, uh, our uh, favorite dictator these days. Um, so you need to keep an eye on this because what's going on is uh, the middle class are becoming increasingly restive uh, in uh, Pakistan in general because Musharraf is attempting to organize some sort of situation where he is uh, reelected both uh, for the presidential